Well, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Gospel Joy Podcast. We've got a great person in here in the studio. So enjoy, listen, hang in there. Welcome back. It's good to have you here on the podcast. Uh, again, listening for those who listener, this is the Gospel Joy Podcast. It is held by uh, Northern Hills Baptist Church. And I am your host, Jonathan Hayashi. The Gospel Joy Podcast provides resources that are gospel-driven, Christ-centered, kingdom-minded uh, you know, resources for the glory of God, for you to grow as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Today in the studio, I have my dear friend and brother in Christ, Brian Terry. How's it going, brother? Great. Good to be here. Yeah, Brian, uh, he's one of our faithful deacons. I you know, often phone calls back and forth. He serves on one of the boards of our academy as well. And just love this man, love his son, love his daughter. Just incredible, incredible encouragement to me. I often see him and I was just like, man, if I was only a bit like Brian, you know, <laughs> who loves sure. Jesus and serving. So, hey, just good to have you. So, Brian, tell me a bit about you uh, so the listeners can get acquainted with you. Uh, I'm a deacon in the church. Um, I serve on the school board in the church. Uh, my daughter, my youngest daughter went there the last few years to the academy. It's a great Great place to send your kids to school. Um, I lived here in Missouri for about 15 years. I, I work at Ford Motor Company. I'm a tool maker. And I transferred uh, here about 15 years ago with my job. My whole family transferred here. So Awesome. So where did you get transferred for? Ohio, northern Ohio. Uh, I worked there for about 14 years, and then I transferred here. I've been here almost 15. So now my mom and dad lives here. My kids are grown and married here and such. Ohio. You know what that means in Japanese? Good morning. <laughs> so you're from the good morning state. Yeah, Ohio. I didn't know that. So now you know now you know a little Japanese. So yeah. you know good morning. And if you want to say yes, you say hi. And you want to say no, you say alphabet E and A. E A. <laughs> so you survive in Japan. Brother. Okay, good, I'm good. ready to go. <laughs> so yeah, hey, like Terry, you know, uh, Brian, Brian was saying that he's Obviously, a dad and three kids are just wonderful, faithful members of our church and just wonderful, wonderful examples. You know, they're serving in church, they're leaders, they're a next generation and just kind of just really incredible. Just that alone speaks a whole lot about Brian. You know, obviously, he's a deacon, he serves with our you know, Northern Hills Christian Academy as a board member. But, you know, above that, he loves his wife, just wonderful wife. I, you know, just even this Sunday, he was serving in a nursery. Uh, and that's what we want to talk about, actually, today. The topic of uh, today's episode is this. Why is servant leadership so important? Servant leadership. So, you know, that's something, you know, we kind of hear about and we kind of talk about it maybe on Sunday morning. But, you know, I think I think there's not a more important time than now for us to be servants. And yeah, so I just wanted to talk, dive into that topic and just kind of converse about that and just kind of, you know, help our churches and you know believers, Christians to begin to understand, you know, you know, why, why serve in leadership? Yeah. Uh, well, I think it's, it's something we have lost some in the church too. Uh, I think, uh, uh, there's a lot of things to be done if you want to show the light of Christ in your life and you, you to do it without expecting anything back. Our country's turned into a place where we always have to, what are you going to do for me, for me to do for you? And it's really not how we were built. Um, when God made us, serve serve being servants is a blessing to us as much as it is the person we're helping 
Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I saw this meme. I don't know if I seen it. Maybe we could share this in the show notes. But, you know, there was this picture of a guy. He's on a business office chair and everybody's pulling him. And he says, go. That's like leadership. And then the other leadership was the leader was not hanging people pulling the cart, but he was up front pulling the cart and said, let's go. Yeah. You know, I think that beautifully portrays kind of autocratic leadership versus servant leadership, right? And I think today's mentality of CEO, corporation, McDonald's kind of thing is like you climb up the ladder so you get it easier so you can command people. But I think Jesus totally countercultures that kind of model of leadership, right? Yes, he said, follow me the way I live. Watch me do what I do, not what I say. Yeah, and I think like you said, Jesus showed by example. Absolutely. You know, I think talk is cheap, right? You know, and I think a lot of young folks, even just, well, maybe not just even young people, millennials or Gen Z's, but in general, who wants to hear people just talk the talk and they don't walk the talk, right? No, and that's one of my biggest pet peeves is uh, do what you say you're going to do and uh, live what you live, what you preach. So buy what you're selling. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think about a passage in Philippians chapter two to love this passage. We went through this through the sermon series. So I'm just going to read a portion of it. Philippians two, it says, if then there is any encouragement and fellowship in the spirit, if any affection and mercy, make my joy complete by thinking in the same way, having the same love, united in the spirit, intent of one purpose. What is that? It's this verse three. Do nothing out of selfish bishop or conceit, but in humility, consider others more important than yourself. Everyone should look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interests of others. Adopt the same attitude or the mind of Christ, which he existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God, but as something exploited, emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant. There you go, servanthood taking the likeness of humanity, and when he had come as a man, humbled himself, even becoming obedient, even to the point of death on the cross. You know, Amen. there you go. There you go. That preach, right? You know, yep. and that's that's the life of Christ, by the way. He emptied himself. He considered himself not greater, but he emptied himself, considered in humility, even to the point of death, to serve one another in humility. And that's, that's the reason I think servant leadership is such a missing mark today. And it's just so important in the Christian community. Yeah, we're so busy chasing money and time's always an issue and everything else, but it really boils down to priorities. You know, if you make helping your brother a priority that you're willing to drop everything, and that, that'll wait to do what's right and, and uh, show the love of Christ, uh, that's, what we're, that's what we're called to do. Okay. Okay. So I'm, I want to just, you know, I love practical applications or just examples. Can you just kind of tell me, you know, you're a deacon, a deacon comes from the Greek, the Greek word diakonos, which is table servers. You know, I was just reading to our kids, you know, this, this morning, I, you know, every morning, uh, when the kids are around the table, I make them breakfast and give them like a drink or milk, orange juice or whatever. And I open up the Bible I'm reading. So I read Acts chapter six today. And then they said, you know, the apostles were teaching and, you know, they were so busy that they were neglecting in the words. So they got deacons, diakonos, table service, people to help and serve. So as a deacon, how have you seen examples of people who have served in ways and minister, maybe your own life and examples, how you've been ministered or you ministered to people? Yeah. I have one thing I do with my family is, is uh, we have dinner at our house every Sunday and 
we bring other people in and, and not just our family. And we, we try to pretty consistently every Sunday after church, we gather and we eat together and we fellowship. And my wife and I, my wife puts a lot of work into it. So do I, I help, you know, we, we plan days ahead and, and grill the food and, and do the work. And, um, but it's kept our family close. And now my family's in church with me and they're serving and uh, it set it set an example in our home and um i have another couple right now that are struggling older couple that i've grown to love uh didn't even know them and just something came across not to not to try to toot my own horn that's not why i do it um built them a ramp she was having trouble getting in the house she had cancer and um i built them a ramp in an afternoon and and uh, took them a wheelchair i knew my dad had in a barn and oh man they just it blessed me so much to help them, and it was nothing. I mean, a couple hours of my time, but it was big for them. And um, if if everyone in the church, I think, would step up and not worry about their lawn and and do what needed to be done, it wouldn't be as big a task, and the the church would be spilling over because we'd be showing the love of Christ and not just telling people what they need to do. Wow, that's so awesome. You know, I think about. I often tell our staff and our folks in our church that, you know, I have the privilege of shepherding, overseeing, and so forth. I say, hey, hey, you know, value is caught rather than taught. Amen. And a lot of stuff like that, you know, you, you, you begin to celebrate those activities and so forth. Whatever you celebrate, you're going to replicate. And a lot of times, even with our children, a lot of things is caught rather than taught. You know, our children. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, our children are not looking for information. Yeah. They're looking for a demonstration. Yeah. And and they see how mom and dad are treating one another, how mom and dad are serving one another, how mom and dad are bringing people into the home. And, you know, this weekend we're going to be having a new family who joined a church. And, you know, we're going to be asking, you know, them to become members of a church. But, you know, um, you know, we're going to be grilling. We're going to be giving food. And that's kind of life. And if you think about it, Jesus, Jesus really never had a platform. But Jesus kind of just did life with people. He was on the bull with them. He talked with them. He kind of mess with them and he he was kind he fed, was part fed of the them mess. he fed them <laughs> right he wasn't part of the mess uh, he was not of the mess but he was in the mess right but he wasn't part of the mess you know what i'm saying yeah so like you know if you think about jesus i mean he is a prime example of how he did life and he served and he led and he never was willing to go somewhere that he himself didn't go and that's what it's all about serving leadership within our christian community yeah and we have to die to ourselves because it's nature to want the accolades and the pat on the back and all the you know the things of the our culture really you know the you know look what he did but to really be have a true servant heart you have to do it without any expectations and the blessings are going to be too numerous to count really when it comes down to it it's just if you can get your mind wrapped around to to do that yeah i think jesus is preaching on the sermon on the mount and frame this you know account from matthew chapter 5 to matthew chapter 7 he says do not you know, collect, uh, you know, treasure on this earth, which moth will come and eat and take away. But you are storing treasures in heaven. Amen. So, you know, I think kind of pass, fast forward in the epistles, uh, New Testament, you know, 1 Peter chapter 5, it says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. In due time, he's going to exalt you. And that's kind of like kind of pointing to, you know, Philippians chapter 2, we just read, which actually Jesus himself, he died in that would look like a failure to the world. But actually, the verse doesn't end there. He says, even to the point of death, verse 9, for this reason, God highly exalted him, gave him the name that is above every name, so that 
that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord in the glory of God, the Father. Verse 11. That's that's the gospel, isn't it? And that's Amen. the gospel. So, you know, I have to say to our flock when I'm preaching, I'm going to say, hey, folks, we are not just here to believe the gospel, but we're here to embrace the gospel. And the gospel begins to really not on the, just a theoretical level, but it's going to be methodological level to begin to change the way that we live our lives. Belief always ties into our behavior yes. or perception always ties into practice. I think that's where we see the huge gap within our churches, right? The gap, the problem within our church is not the gap between what we know and what we do not know. The problem within the church is the gap between what we know and what we do. Amen. You see, we've been overeducated beyond our obedience. So enough of my preaching, but you know, I, I think, I think that's the reality where we see the classroom never reaching the living room because servant leadership, it's beautiful by the idea, but we have not really seen people demonstrating living it. But, but man, that's the reason we call people to, Hey, go on short term mission trips, you know? Because a lot of times that, what you were just explaining earlier, you know, you're thinking you're just serving these people and you're, you're kind of doing it for your own personal glory and reasons and reputation. Yeah. But you find out like, wow, man, I'm really blessed doing this. It's not Amen. about you, but it's like, God, thank you for the opportunity for me to give, for the opportunity for me to serve, for the opportunity for me to do it. And God, thank you for blessing me. And this is why I was created to do it, right? Yeah, and, and I'll even go so far in your marriage, you know, um, that sacrificial servitude, if, if you can ever both get to that point where it matters more about your spouse's happiness and, and uh, comfort than your own, and you're both doing that, headed that same direction and putting God first, marriage is not as hard as everyone claims. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I uh, I was just sharing with somebody, you know, First Timothy 3 talks about the qualification of the overseer, which is a pastor, elder, all same words in the Greek. And then it talks about the qualification of a deacon. You know, I think one of the things I think it's just good as a deacon, as a shepherd, as a pastor, I think there's something about being a husband of one wife. And a father. And manage the home to be yes. a father. You know, because I thought, man, I thought I got it all together. You know, when I was single and I was like, look how great I am and humble I am. <laughs> look at me. You know, but until I got married, you know, I often tell people who are thinking about getting married, hey, you know, marriage is great because marriage is one of the most sanctifying tools in your life. Oh, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. just like you realize, man, I'm really selfish. Yeah. I want my own things, my own possession, my own priorities, my own position of life, and then realize I need to die to self. Amen. Right? It's kind of like Galatians 2.20, right? Yes. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And then you're saying, it's no longer about me anymore. It's about my person next to me, my neighbor, my, you know, consider others better than yourself. And don't consider yourself better than others. I'm like, whoa, you know, that's marriage, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yep. But yeah, my, my, I have a great marriage. My wife, I've been married 31 years and, um, we're best friends. We do everything together and, um, we hunt together, fish together, cook together. Um, we just do life together and I got a, I got a really beautiful wife and my children, um, I've got three adult children now serving in the church and I'm very blessed, but 
you know, they see the sacrificial times in your life when you're going without sleep and you're, but you're still doing the right thing. And, um, that helps them grow and mature and see the way it's supposed to be done. You can't tell your kids what to do. You have to show them what to do. Yeah, exactly. You know, and like I said, you know, I thought getting married was the most sanctifying tool. And then you have your children. Yeah. <laughs> can't explain it till you've done it. Woo. You know, it's, you know, I remember, you know, being view, view of a call to this church and somebody said, so are you ready to serve and do all these things? I was like, man, I don't know. You know, I don't think anybody's ever ready to lead or shepherd God. It's, you know, they, you know, Ephesians chapter five talks about the church as the bride of Christ. I'm like you're being trusted with the church yeah. you're in the leadership. Just think about the weight of that. So I remember saying like, man, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm ever ready. I don't know if, you know, I'm the best qualified person, but let me tell you, I, you know, just like when I had kids, my wife and I looked at each other. We we're like, you know, we love Jesus. We love children and we got the Holy Spirit in his word. I think the, the Lord's going to help us. And you know what? You know, we made mistakes growing up, you know, and, you know, and, and our children. But man, what a blessing. I wouldn't exchange a second or a moment, you know, with our children. And that's oh, my no. life. You know, I mean, I'm obviously a pastor serving here full time at church. But man, my my identity is not wrapped around my job. My no. work, but I mean, at the end of the day, I have, I still have my kids. I want my kids. My prayer every day is like, man, they will come to know the saving grace of Jesus. Amen. And they will come to know so much more the heavenly Father's love. I mean, obviously, I want my kids to know that I love them, that the earthly father side. But man, I'm praying that they would come to comprehend that they would know the Father's love. That my mom and dad's love that we have for him goes beyond unconditional, great, amazing love of Jesus. Uh, but but you know, like, like going back again, I said, we weren't ready, but we feel called to it, you yeah. know, in the same way with parenting and learning about servanthood, dying to self sacrifice, uh, you just kind of learn and grow. And, and that's where you need faithfulness. You need humility, you need teachability. Um, and God just blesses that. I think, you know, uh, even though you don't have all the answers, but yeah. you can always serve and die to self. Yeah. We made a ton of mistakes with our children. I've, think back and wish I would have poured into them even more, but you don't get a redo. <laughs> but now I have grandchildren. I'm bringing to Awana's on Wednesday night and, uh, they're my granddaughters in the Christian school and I get to do it again. It's, it's a wonderful thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like our children are watching us, right. Or grandchildren, you know, they're watching us and they, they mean the world, you know, mm -hmm. they are worth the world to us. Right. And, uh, and, and I think like even simple things, us, you know, sharing with our deacons uh, recently about, you know, late at night, you know, you worked, you gave it all, you try to solve all the problems you could possibly solve. You refereed all the fights that you could possibly referee. You took all the grief that you could possibly take the grief you can. And then you just lie on the bed. And you just sink into it. It's like, oh, thank you, Jesus. And then your wife says, honey, could you go get my water bottle? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then I was like, you know, and then my flesh says, go get it yourself. Yeah. Right. But, but that's where you learn about, this is what it means to be as Christ has loved the church, husband, love your wife. Right. And, and in that moment I needed to get up to take off my lazy, you know, butt off the, yeah. off the bed and then go get it because that's what it means to love. And then ask her if she needs anything while you're on your way. Amen. Amen. <laughs> hey, that, that, that's a little discipleship one one right here. Um, so, so, you know, and that's what it means, you know, in the longevity and 
serving. I'm learning that every day. I'm yeah. telling you. You know, the, the church gets a, I hear it all the time out in the world. The church is, they eat their own and they're rough on their own. But I, I yeah, we're, we're a fickle bunch and we have our fights like all families. We're family. But what I find is I've got people in this church that I've grown relationships with through serving with them and, you know, elbow to elbow working with them that I could be broke down on the other side of the world and they'd come and get me. I have no doubt in my mind. Yeah. Better than any family I could ever have. I don't have a second worth of doubt. You know, and the, and when we are of good witness, you know, I was just thinking about this this morning as I was, you know, spending time in the word, like, you know, what does it mean for us to live in holiness and godliness? And it means, you know, I think just four primary things, you know, it's to proclaim the gospel one second to love our neighbors Third, serving the poor and oppressing the people in the community. And fourth, is being good reputation amongst outsiders, not just insiders of the church, but outsiders. And and then when we are serving and when we are, you know, when we look at them, we give a word, a look, and a touch, and we're being with Jesus with flesh on, you know, it really ministers to them. You know, that's where there's just no, no better sick. message than that. Yeah. You can as good a preacher as you are, you can't you can't preach that. <laughs> oh man, I don't I don't know about a good preacher. You know, we we're having a good Friday service and I was like, you know, our folks are super excited because you know they've been waiting for a good sermon for the last six months. So oh, yeah, you sure. know, I'm bringing fun, the best of the best, you know, preachers in town uh to to do that. So I'm super excited. But you know, I, I would say, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, I rather have you know, not ten thousand sermons preached well. I think there's something about one living preaching sermon of a person demonstrating living that life, right? You yeah. know, and, and that's just gold. It's just treasure. It's just, you just don't find that. Yeah. And, and, and thankfully I have a church with a bunch of men who are like that, you know, like you, Brian, seriously. I mean, I'm not trying to sugarcoat or nothing like that's something I look up to you, brother. Like you just a servant, you're ready that. to go in and serve and, and you're just one. And there's a bunch of great other men such as, you know, we had Craig on the episode uh, previous. He's another servant. We just always giving. You know, next time, next episode, we're going to have Mike die. He's a men's director, but he's another guy. He's just a servant. He just goes in and serve. Yeah. Another guy, Brian Watham, you know, your best friend. He's just always ready to go in and serve. You know, times I'm struggling, he just give me a call and pray for me. Yeah. You know, there's just great men like that in our church. So I'm so thankful. And the beautiful thing we talk about our kids too, is my children are, are being mentored by other servants in the church. You know, your kids have a tendency not to listen to you, but if you get them around people that pour into them, then, you know, my son is growing through you and a lot of the deacons that poured into him at the men's breakfasts and help mold him to be what he is and, and just help him grow and leaps and leaps and bounds. And that's nothing's more of a blessing than watching your children grow in Christ. Yeah. And that's what it means to be a disciple maker, right? Mm-hmm. That's what it means to equip the saints. You know, I, I often say to our flock, it says, Hey brothers, sisters, I love you guys, but I'm not the sage on the stage. I'm the guide on the side. And that's what Jesus did for us, right? I mean, if you think about it, Jesus never really had a platform. Jesus never had a podium. Jesus didn't even have a classroom. He kind of walked along with the disciples as, you know, he's walking around the Galilean ministry. He looks to the, he says, hey, fox has whole birds have nests, but son of man does not have a plate to lay his head. head. You know, and then he's walking around, he's doing an earthly ministry. And then he, he curses a fig tree and makes a lesson out of it. So for us to really begin to understand discipleship doesn't happen on just a Sunday morning. It's happening on Monday through Saturday yep. on life-to-life basis and serving with one another, such as basic fundamental, like, you know, 
setting up chairs for uh, Easter, it's Christmas, the small Easter. things for it's sure. The small things. Going fishing, you know, we'll be doing that in a couple of weeks with the men. But in those moments, you're in, you're you're putting the gospel in those everyday conversations. You're turning everyday conversation into gospel conversation. That's where you have find a gospel rhythm of life, right? And that's、Amen. what it means to be gospel driven, right? So so in that in those moments, you're serving, you're rubbing, you're in the mess, you're、uh, in the field, you're you're in the community. That's where people see him. Man, that's beautiful, and that's how you weather the storms. Is through those times you get you get to grow through those times that that builds you up your immunity to weather those storms. Exactly with exactly. the relationships. Yeah, yeah, and and that's the reason we need to spur on one another and love a good deeds. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.、Uh, scripture says that, and、uh, and then people see that, and they they can't deny that. You know what I'm saying? Like people cannot deny. When you're a servant leader, you're serving. You're just loving people. Whether you know, I think you know, Brian. You didn't talk about this, but you know, we had COVID going around, and family was in need of food. You know what Brian did? You know, he he was just getting out of from COVID sickness, but he's like he counted himself less than others and considered others better than himself. He decided to go make food and deliver to families. You know, and and that's again, that's another servant leadership. You know, serving people. Yeah, I don't have all the. Preaching skills and teaching skills, but I can still serve. There's a there's a place for everyone in the church, and you can、uh, be part of the kingdom. And and、uh, you know, my wife and I, we try to every day when we see a need, we fill it out. It's not, it's not not you know we're doing Awanas now, and we're, that's literally a different season for us. But it was a need, so we're doing it now, and we love it. We we do it with the right attitude, and.、Uh, A lot of people in the church do that, though. There's a lot more people in the church doing that than people realize behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I just think about you know, you're talking about Awana Ministries and different sort of ministry. You know, it just comes to the scripture in Mark ten forty five, and it says this: For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Amen. Give his life as a ransom for many. Yeah. And he gave it all. He gave it all. He really did. He didn't. Pull back, you know. He could have said, you know, come worship me, exalt me, do all these things. He could have come in a beautiful palace, but instead he decides, as we, you know, celebrated Christmas,、uh, you know, several months ago,、um, Jesus came in a little manger in a feeding trough, you know, because he wanted to show what it meant to serve and to, and you know, we're going to be looking at Palm Sunday. Jesus enters on a donkey. He could have, he's coming back. You know, he always used the less lesser people that yeah to get to get his job done because it showed the ultimate power of God. So, and that's what I love, you know, Jesus. And you know, every day I want to live like him. And you know, I have to say, discipleship is basically this something we overcomplicate. Discipleship is learning to live and love like Jesus. Learning、Amen. to live and love like Jesus. And if you want to be more like Christ-like, it means. Serving absolutely, it means giving yourself, and you know what? That's servant leadership. And people would look at that and they make fun of you. I'm like, you're really mopping the floor, you're really cleaning and doing these things that not you having a platform and being on the, you know, spotlight, getting、uh, elevated stage and looking nice. No, when you really want to be like Jesus, it means that you're going alongside of people and serving. Weep with those who weep, grieve with those who grieve, rejoice with those who rejoice. Got to be real. Yeah, you got to be real. Yeah, and that's what it that and you're being real by coming alongside of people,、yeah. and serving with 
one another. So marriage is that's one of the biggest things for marriage. If we would learn to serve instead of what what are you going to do for me? Everybody's getting married for what they the other one can do for them, and and that's never going to work. You can counsel forever, but if you don't learn how to serve one another, it's long term. My little grandson, I bring him to Juana's on Wednesdays. My son works nights, and he's we're walking down the steps, and this is just a little plug for my grandson. But he says he's four. He says he learned this in Juana's. He says Jesus died on the cross. He says. But then he rose again, and he was super strong. <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah. It just blesses my heart to watch the the babies learn. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, that comes to the end of our podcast. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed it, go ahead and like our podcast. Give us a five star review, and then if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can check me out twitter.com slash Jonathan Hayashi, uh, and also you know go to our website to find out the other episodes and the previous ones. So. Hope you have a wonderful day and God bless you. We will see you uh, next time on the new episode. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.